0: When my brother Josh was playing football in Illinois, uh, he was on a team that didn't win very often. Uh, They had, I think they won two games uh, the last year that he played. But there was a fellow by by the name of Brandon Allen that used to play on their team, and he would uh, actually bring some excitement to the game and good things would happen when he was in there. And I remember one time, he got injured, and uh, they were all discouraged because he was injured. And uh, then, later on in the game, when they had begun to fall really far behind, uh, he decided to go in the game anyway. And this big cheer comes from the football team and all the people in the stands because he was going back in. They thought, well, our our most valuable player has come back in, and now there's some hope for something good to happen. Uh, I don't know if you've ever felt like that in life. You know, Boy, I wish something good would happen. Uh, But, you know, Jesus Christ in a whole different way uh, is that person that makes a difference in our lives. Uh, He can come in and and bring hope and bring joy and bring change like no other person in this world can. Um, And and this scripture that we're going to talk about today talks about who Jesus is. And uh, as he talks about who Jesus is, then it goes on later on in the the, uh, gospel to share what Jesus did. Uh, because who Jesus is is an encouragement because of what Jesus does for us and also what he's able to do for us. Because of who he is, he can do what he, what he can do. And so um, this scripture talks about Jesus being eternal. That There's never been a time where Jesus didn't exist. Uh, in eternity past to eternity future, Jesus has existed, even on the cross. Uh, When Jesus died in his physical body, in uh, his eternal divine being, he was holding the universe together by his power. So Jesus was with God. He's a relational being. Uh, And we'll talk about the importance of that. Uh, Jesus is God. Jesus is God. Because he's God, he can do what only God can do. Jesus is creator. The scripture tells us in this this chapter that Jesus is the one who made everything that is. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, Christ was there, working with the Father in that great work of creation that God has made. We see the evidence of that in the human eye that is better than any camera that we can come up with. We see the evidence of that in the DNA. In our in our uh, cells that describes exactly what we are going to be uh, it's very uh, very amazing what God has done in the human body it's getting harder and harder to deny that there is a designer and we know from Scripture who that designer is it's Jesus Christ and uh, he has made all things and because he's made all things he's made you and because he's made you He's made you, the scripture says, with, his, with a purpose. He has a unique purpose for your life. And so we're going to talk about these character qualities of Jesus and how that makes a difference in our lives. And we need to, to uh, trust Jesus to work uh, in, in, in our lives in the way that he is described and because of who he is. So the title of my message is receiving Christ's encouragement. Look with me at John chapter 1 verse 1. In the beginning was the Word. By the way, the Word is speaking about Jesus. Jesus is the Word. He's the message. In other words, God does not just telling us about Him. He's saying, there is a message for you and what I'm telling you. Jesus is a message of what I'm going to do in your life. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were created through him, and apart from him, not one thing was created that has been created. The time of message is receiving Christ's encouragement. I'm going to say these as though they're in the words of Christ, because I believe Christ is speaking to us through these words today. First of all, he says to us, I'll be there eternally. I'll be there eternally. Eternally, In the beginning was the Word. Before anything happened, before God said, let there be light, before God created the heavens and the earth, before God created the angels, before God did anything at all, Christ was there in eternity past. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, in eternity past, was there. And what does he say? I will never leave you. Or forsake you, I'll be with you eternally. You say, "Why does that make a difference in my life?" I'll tell you why it makes a difference. Because everything else in this life is changing. Have you ever noticed that? Uh, if you've ever moved away from a place and then gone back a few years later, you see the differences and the changes that happen. Uh, old buildings that you used to go to are torn down. Now there's new buildings. Uh, other uh, people have died or or moved away, and and new people have come and. And, and things are constantly in a state of change, in a state of flux. But, but God never changes. He is eternal, and Christ is eternal, and he always will be there. That means Christ's work will always be active on your behalf. Do you ever know that God says Christ redeemed us from our sins But it also says, if you put your trust in Christ, he's redeemed you in the past. But it also says he'll redeem you in the future. What does that mean? Well, redemption has a work that is continuing on into the future and will receive the full benefits of it in the future, right? How can I count on Christ's work of redemption and what he's done for me and shedding his blood for me and acquitting me of my sin to to deliver me in the future? Because Christ will be there to say... Father, I purchased him with these nail scars in my hands and in my feet. I paid the price for this one, the redemption. Let him enter into the joy of the Lord. Let him experience all the blessings, all the glories of heaven. Why? Because I've paid the price, and that price will last forever. Uh, In the Old Testament, they had an offering called the wave offering, and they would take the animal and they would wave it before the Lord. I was reading the book of Hebrews and studying it one day. And I I saw where it it spoke about Christ's intercession for us. And it spoke about his work on the cross. And I got to thinking about that. Christ is the wave offering. He is the one who comes before the Father. And when Roger is not what he should be, he says, I have paid the price for him to enter your presence and find your forgiveness. You see, Christ's work will never stop. As our redeemer. Because of what he's done. He is eternal. Christ's work as priest will never stop. Did you know the Bible says he ever lives to make intercession for you? Ever thought about that? Christ is praying for you. Uh, I remember when I was growing up there was a song. Someone is praying for you. Someone is praying for you. If you feel you're all alone and your heart would break in two. Remember someone is praying for for you. Great song. But did you know it's not just another human being that's praying for you? God, the Son. If you're God's child, He's praying for you. That ought to be encouraging. And that work of intercession will never stop. You ever forgotten to pray for somebody that you told them you'd pray for him? That's why I always try to pray for them silently immediately, <laughs> just in case it leaves, right? Did you know Jesus never forgets and he never stops praying for you? So Jesus' priestly work will go on forever. Jesus' kingly work will go on forever. Did you know that Jesus has been exalted? It looked like he was defeated when he died on the cross to pay for sin. They put him into a tomb, but the ground began to shake. The guards fell down like dead men. The stone was rolled away, and it was revealed Jesus had risen from the dead. Not only that, but after appearing to his disciples over a season of time, he ascended to the right hand of the Father. And the Bible says he is exalted, and the Lord has given him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus Christ, every knee will bow, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And the scripture tells us once that uh, after Jesus receives the kingdom, after his coming, and and all of history is over, he will turn the the reigning of the kingdom over to the Father, and they will rule together uh, so that the Father may be all in all. But the scripture says, and he shall reign forever. I tell you what, there, there have been... Uh, good rulers from time to time in earth's history. The people of Judah, uh, people of Israel had good rulers from time to time. We've had good rulers in our country, but guess what? Every one of them dies. And then you, you roll the dice on the next one, don't you? I want to tell you something. Jesus is going to come back to rule and reign on this earth, and his kingdom will never end. He shall reign forever. No need for a new election. No need for uh, wringing your hands over whether this candidate or that candidate is lying to you. Why? Because the, the one who is truth himself will be reigning and will never stop. That ought to bring encouragement to your heart. By the way, Jesus is reigning now. He's reigning from the right hand of the Father. But in that moment, when he comes back, he will reign on this earth, and then ultimately he'll reign in the new heavens, the new earth, and the new Jerusalem. Jesus is in control. Jesus will never stop being in control in your life. Did you know that? He's eternal. You can count on him no matter what you're going through, no matter what unexpected thing may happen in the future, because he will be with you. So Jesus is eternal. Count on Him. You can't count on your bank account. You can't count on people. They may die. They may move away. You can't count on anything. Everything in this life is changing. But Jesus is always supremely trustworthy. And He's always there. Mm. So Jesus is eternal. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. Verse 1 says... The Greek actually says, uses a, uh, a word that can mean not only with, but it can mean toward. Like you face towards something. And it is, it is speaking about the fellowship between God the Father and God the Son. From time to time I hear somebody say God created man because he needed company. That is laughable. God does not need us. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, in eternity past, had a relationship together. The Word was with God. There was a fellowship going on. And so God doesn't need us yet. Does God want a relationship? Absolutely. But God doesn't need us. It's not like God's world is going to cave in if you and I don't do Him the privilege of following Him or trusting Him. God is God. So, why is this relationship important? Have you ever had relationship difficulties in your family? Have you ever had somebody disappoint you? We live in a world where we're all sinners, right? And and no matter how good your relationship is, at some point or or another, a person could have disappointed you, right? Uh, You're not on the white horse, right? Ends up falling off at some point. Because. He is a sinner. We're all sinners. So we have broken relationships, and and some of them are worse than others. But you know what God has done for us? He has given us the completely perfect demonstration of what a relationship should be. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And Jesus said, no one takes my life from me. I lay it down willingly. Uh, Jesus Jesus says that I want to have a relationship with you. Right? This is eternal life, Jesus said in John 17, that they may know you, the only true God, in Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Eternal life is not just primarily about the future, but it is also about... Beginning a relationship with God in the here and now. Knowing God in relationship. God says, I want to relate to you. But guess what? There was a problem. Sin was a barrier. In the garden, Adam and Eve ate of the fruit, right? They're cast out of the garden. There's separation between God and man. And angels uh, put there to guard the way to the tree of life. And uh, forever... It's broken. The relationship is broken because of sin. But God had a plan. And through the the sacrificial pictures of the Old Testament and, and the prophecies of the Old Testament, he looked forward to that day where Jesus Christ would come, become flesh, live a perfect life in our place, and die on the cross to take the penalty, the just penalty and the wrath of God for our sin upon himself so that we could be set free from that and have a relationship with God. Christ died for sin once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. That's what 1 Peter 3.18 says. God wants a relationship with you. And you know what that means? It means a couple of things. One, it means that you have a relationship that will never disappoint you if you're a child of God. Now, God may not always do what you like, but he'll always do what's best in your life. There's never a time that God will fail you or sin against you or be out to get you. He will always perfectly love you. Isn't that an amazing thought? We tend to love people conditionally, don't we, as human beings? Well, I'll love you as long as, and you you give the list of the things that, that are there. And, and, but if you don't do what I like, or if you're not what I want, I'm going to move on to somebody else. We see that every day, don't we, in our culture. And sometimes the relationship may not be broken, but it may just be estranged. Why? Because we've got conditions that we're putting there. But But God sent Jesus Christ. Why? So that... God's justice and his wrath could be satisfied so that he could love us without condition. You ever thought about that? God doesn't love you because you deserve to be loved. Some of you think that if you live better, God will love you more. That's a lie from the pit of hell. God loves you with all his heart. Every moment that you live, every moment that you breathe. You can't do something as a child of God That will stop his love for you. And you can't do something to make him love you more. All of his perfect holy love. Is set upon you. Why? Because Christ earned it. Through his perfect life. And made a way for it. So that we could have access to God. In his presence. And uh, he has brought us near. As the scripture says. By the blood of Christ. So. I love that scripture in Zechariah. It says that uh, Zechariah came, came before the Lord. He was in, in or excuse me, Zechariah. Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, comes before God in this vision of Zechariah. And he's wearing filthy garments. And the devil is pointing at him and saying, Look at this man. He's wearing filthy garments. God, he's not worthy to be in your presence. And he's accusing, accusing, accusing. He's still doing that today, isn't he? Jesus says, I'm going to take off these filthy robes. And I'm going to put on a robe of spotless white. Now he is fit to be in your presence. Did you know that's what God did through the cross? He took off the filthy robes of your sin. And he clothed you in the spotless, pristine, perfect righteousness of Jesus Christ. This is the relationship that God has with you. I love what uh, Lamentation says. There are times where God has to discipline us, and um, for sin, and He does that out of, out of a motive of love. But but He does that. And uh, in the book of Lamentations, which is a time that the people of Israel were being disciplined by God, uh, Jeremiah says this. Uh, Lord, it is of your mercies that we are not consumed. For your compassions fail not. They are new every morning. You ever had somebody that holds a grudge against you? Won't let it go? You know, I'll never forget. You know? <laughs> and, and every day, they may remind you of it every day. What you did in the past. Did you know God will never do that? Once you come to Him and faith in Jesus Christ... He washes all of that sin away, and his mercies are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness, O Lord. So Christ says, I'll be there eternally. I'll love you perfectly. And in that love, in that perfect love, he sets an example for how we're supposed to love each other. Do you know that? He tells husbands, love your wives like Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. He tells tells us um, that we are to love one another fervently out of a pure heart because we're born of God. That's what 1 Peter says. Uh, this, This love that Jesus has for us, Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Did you know that's the essence of Christian love? This world's love says, give me. I love you because of what you can do for me. Christ's love says, I give to you. I give to you not because you deserve it. I give to to you not because you're worthy. I give to you because of my my perfect love for you. 1 Corinthians 13 describes that. But that's God's word to you today. I'll love you perfectly. You may have other people that will give up. Christ will never give up on you. Isn't that great to know? He'll never give up. I'll be there eternally. I'll love you perfectly. Secondly, I'll or thirdly, I'll help you fully. I'll help you fully. The Word was God. No redemption would be sufficient except the redemption that Christ provided. Because he was God. He could bear the full wrath upon himself. He could take the full justice of God upon himself. Because he was God himself. But not only that. Every aspect of what you need for living the Christian life. Every aspect of what you need for your secular life. He is able to provide for you. Bible says that you are complete in him, Colossians. That is because of your relationship to Jesus Christ you have everything that you need for this life and Jesus delights to supply that need. He says, ask and you will receive, seek and you will find, knock and it will be open to you. For everyone that asks receives, who, who seeks finds, who, who knocks the door will be open." Why? Because God delights. Christ delights to provide for you. I hear people sometimes say, well, you know, I'm not going to ask God for these little things in my life. God's too busy for that. He doesn't care about that. I'll talk to him about the big stuff, but not the little stuff. Can I tell you something? Talk to God about the little stuff. He cares about it. You know how I know that? He has your hairs numbered. Some of you, that's a more difficult thing than for others, but uh, he has every one of your hairs numbered at every moment of time. You know what I found? You, find, you can find hair everywhere, right? I mean, you know what I'm talking about? I'm not... Anyway, you, you hairs come out, don't they? At different times during the day, and what I had at 8 o'clock I might not have at 10 o'clock. But God knows every moment exactly how many hairs I've got on my head, that means He cares about the details of my life. Ask Him to intervene in your life. Ask Him to help you with the things in your life. My wife has, I think, got a gift of helps. She's, she likes to help, help people, and, and she helps me out in a lot of different ways. But, you know, she can't help me in all the ways that I need it. No human being can help another human being supply all their needs. Some people think, well, I'm going to get married and Mr. Wonderful or Miss Wonderful is going to supply all my needs. Get ready to be disappointed because no human being can satisfy all your needs. But Jesus can. He is the one who can help you perfectly because he is God. Uh, Have you ever been talking to somebody and their eyes kind of glaze over and they, you know, kind of get a slack jaw? You know, look off into space. You know, maybe drool start talking. You know, but you, you know, they, they get utterly bored and they check out of your conversation. Did you know God will never do that? He never gets tired of listening to you. There's no end to, to His desire to be with you, He doesn't need rest, He's God. And he cares about all of these details. So he'll come alongside you and help you in the things of life. Now, he may not help you do all of the things that you want to do. Because he knows what's best for you. Uh, One of the best things God ever did was not answer my prayer for a red Corvette convertible when I was in high school. I know that. But God will come alongside you and help you in life. Isn't that a wonderful thing to know? And he'll always be sufficient for your needs. I'll be there eternally, I'll love you perfectly, I'll help you fully, and finally, I'll use you uniquely. Verse 3 says, all things were created through him. All things were created through him. God created you for his purpose. David says in Psalm 139, you fashioned me. In my mother's womb. And by the way. While I'm on that. Abortion is an evil act. It's murder. It's the murder of a human being. Made in the image of God. Fashioned by God. For God's purpose. It's wicked. And any politician who defends it. Is wicked. Now. Love the person that's had an abortion. Minister to them. But know that when God creates somebody in the womb, he has created a human being for his purpose. But God created, David says, you knit me together in my mother's womb. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, that my soul knows full well. Do you really believe that about yourself? That you are fearfully and wonderfully made? You said, Pastor, have you looked at me lately? Pastor, do you understand what I can do, what I can't do? Do you understand my weaknesses? Do you understand? Uh, Listen, what I'm telling you is that God has fashioned you for his purpose. He has designed you for his purpose. I've watched the military channel a number of times. One of the things I love to see is the different uh, submarines and planes and and tanks and all these things that have been designed by governments for their purpose. And they all have little unique purposes that, that they have, but the government designs them for their purpose, and they have a unique function. The Bible says that God has created us in his image and for his purpose. And the Bible says the Holy Spirit gives gifts to his people for the church. And he puts those gifts in the body exactly as he has determined. So you have spiritual gifts if you're a child of God. But can I tell you, God has designed you with the unique abilities and the unique weaknesses that you have. You may not have ever thought about that before, but did you know that God may give you a weakness so that he can use you? Uh, Paul said he had a thorn in the flesh. We're not told what that is, but it was something that he prayed to God three times to remove. He said, God, uh, remove this from me. It's it's a grief to me. It's a pain to me. Uh, Remove it. And God said, no, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfected in weakness. So Paul says, I will more gladly rejoice in my weakness that the power of God may rest upon me. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Did you know your weakness may be your qualification to be used by God? God has designed you for his purpose. Don't let anybody tell you that you're worthless. You have been bought with the blood of Jesus, if you're his child, You have been given a purpose by God. He has designed you to fulfill a unique role in his kingdom. Ezekiel says, God was looking for one man to stand in the gap on behalf of the city so that it would not be destroyed. But he could find no one, so he destroyed the city. Can I tell you something? You have a unique purpose that if you don't fulfill it, nobody's going to fulfill it. That means sitting back and not doing what God has told you to do can have incredible consequences. You are valuable to the purpose of God. Do what he calls you to do. Do it in faith that he'll be strong in your weakness. Fulfill your purpose for God. I God encourage you. He's created you for his purpose. He delights in you. I remember my kids when they were little. They would, they would draw me pictures. Y'all remember those? Yeah. You know? They bring, Daddy, look at this, and I said, "Boy, that's pretty, you know. You know, do you like it? Yeah. You know what it is? Busted. <laughs> and uh, you know, but they were proud, why? Because it was their creation. They had made it, and they were excited about it. That's the way God feels about you. You are His creation." He delights in you. There's a scripture verse that said, God sings over us. I'm not really sure what all that means. But one thing I know that it means is that we're important to God. You are so important to the Lord. So take take that encouragement from Christ. I'll use you uniquely. He has a unique plan for your life. So Christ's encouragement, what encouragement? I'll be there eternally. I'll love you perfectly. I'll help you fully. And I'll use you uniquely. If you're a child of God, uh, maybe you've been discouraged and, and you just needed to hear a word of encouragement. Maybe you need to just thank God during this time of invitation. Say, Lord, thank you for your love for me. Thank you for your encouragement. Maybe you're here today and you should need to say, Lord, forgive me. I've not been doing what you've called me to do. And uh, I've not been serving and I've not been active in your work, and I need to begin to be active. Uh, but maybe you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ. Can I tell you, uh, God made you for his purpose. And and life will never be full and meaningful the way that God desires for you until you receive that purpose, beginning with a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so I'm going to invite you here in just a moment to... Uh, Step out of your seat and walk down this aisle here to the front and, uh, and, and just to, to pray a prayer of surrender to God, commitment to him, and to receive the gift of God's grace that he's provided for us in Jesus. Um, the Bible says that uh, Christ died for sin once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous to bring you to God. Christ has made the way, but you have to receive that from him to receive the benefit. If you'd like to do that this morning, it'd be my delight to lead you in a prayer. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the amazing encouragement that we find in your word. And thank you, Lord, that we serve a Savior that is unlike any other, that he is fully able to do all that he says he he does and, and, and will do and has done. And Father, thank you for the assurance that knowing our salvation is secure because of the greatness of the person who purchased it and earned it for us.